Turn Up The Talk podcast. Tackling mental health together. G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of Turn Up The Talk. Joined by Paddy and Luca's back today. Luca, how are you mate? Yeah, good bro, are you? Yeah, I'm well thanks mate. How's the paradise treating you? Yeah, paradise is good. Yeah, apart from the uh, the drives. Yeah, you'd be getting sick of yeah, it by now. Gary surely. Jack's a bit tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going well. It's going and, well. Uh, no Lockie today. Lockie's on school duty, so. Yeah. Yeah, but we've got a pretty special guest, Bruce Hopkins, also known as Hoppo from Bondi Rescue and world-famous lifeguard and plenty that we're going to talk about and dive into. Welcome, Hoppo. Thanks for coming. Yeah, mate. Thanks for having us. What's been going on? Oh, mate, just, you know, we're uh, working through the winter months, that we 12 months of the year down there as lifeguards, so... Working away, it's uh, you know starting to get a bit busy now. The weather's getting a bit warmer. What's it like in the off season? Does it completely drop off? Like in regards to obviously summer, you'd be on almost every day, wouldn't you? What's yeah, it like? Is it there's is something it always going on though? I mean, the crowds drop off a bit during winter, but it's pretty much you know there's always someone there. You know, a nice day, be fit five, ten thousand people, and then <laughs> yeah, in one. winter, there's, there's always, always one. one. There's always <laughs> one. Mate. That boxing day, mate. Watching the Bondi rescues like the Christmas day and the Boxing Day or the Christmas or New Year's Eve. Like, how do you make? Is that all hands on deck? Pretty much. Is that everyone's yeah, working? Pretty much. It's um, you know, we only work probably with six, seven lifeguards on the on the day. So you know, thirty thousand, thirty five thousand on a busy time around Christmas. So yeah, it gets pretty yeah, pretty stressful and uh, yeah. tough. So you mentioned the word stress there. I mean, you you were running it. <laughs> yeah, head still, down there. Uh, yeah. So still the head lifeguard. What know. responsibility do you feel from that? Oh, you get a lot because you sort of you know I do what I do, but then you've also got to look after the the rest of the lifeguards and make sure they're doing the right thing. So there's a lot of pressure on you if something goes wrong. You know, it falls on on your shoulders. So you try and uh, you know motivate them. And but we do a lot of training and build up into the season as well. So it's sort of like. Come Christmas is our our grand final type thing, yeah. and sort of now it's a you know the preseason leading in. How's your preseason, Luca? Oh, mate, I've been in preseason the last eighteen weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking doesn't stop. <laughs> and what about your own podcast, Life's a Beach? Tell us about that. Yeah, mate, Life's a Beach is going really well. It's uh you know as everyone says, it's Life's a Beach is also a bitch. So <laughs> it sort of touches on everyone's uh has got a story, but also. Everybody, no matter who you are, you know, you could be a, a superstar, multimillionaire, or you could be you know, just a, a punter getting down around the beach each day. And we all sort of have our problems, you know, everyone has their ups and downs. So always, uh, you know, trying to explain to, uh, especially the, the younger kids coming through, that doesn't matter who you are, you're going to have a probably a rough patch in your time, in your life at some stage. Very, very similar to our message and, and why we started this podcast, in fact. And you speak to so many, you've done up, upwards of a hundred nearly episodes now and you speak to people's stories and you, you share them and you inspire others, but you also release one about yourself and you decided to do one on your story. Yeah. Well, well, how that came about, I suppose I was getting a lot of people in and interviewing them and I thought, well, you know, listen to their stories and listen to what they, you know, the tough times they went through and I thought, oh, I might as well, you know, if I'm, I'm interviewing people, I might as well do one for myself. So, mm. you know, so I went through a, a, a patch of my life, which was pretty tough and, you know, I, I came through not too bad, but it was good to uh, get that out. And I did it with uh, Dr. David Said, who's a psychologist, and he has been helping the lifeguards. He's been working with us for two years now. So we've always trained um, physically to get ready, but now yeah. we're training our minds as well 
preparing, ready for when we get those, you know, serious resuscitations, yeah. body retrievals, and and how how important is that to you guys now? I mean, you've experienced it without him and having him now. How much has that been an impact on you guys, especially the younger guys coming through? Oh, massive impact. I mean, when I first started back in early nineties, it was like yeah. you know you you've got a body retrieval, you came up and. The blokes would just say, you know, if you had any sort of doubt or, or sort of shown any signs of, of mm-hmm. weakness, it'd be like a pat in the back, well done, good job, toughen yeah. up and get on with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it, that was about all it was. And and now, though, it, it, it's really good for this, especially the young guys coming through. That they're really able to, you know, grasp it and, and, and prepare for when you, you know, get something that's going to be uh, not, not only at the beach as well, it's dealing with uh, something that might happen in your own life. Yeah. yeah. Do, you reckon, do you reckon they respond better to that? where they feel more comfortable and, you know, more open to, to having a chat that in the work environment, you know, they're able to perform a bit better? Yeah, it, it definitely uh, has been working. It's like, back, you know, as I said, back in my day, I used to keep quiet and don't tell yeah. anybody anything. And yeah. now, though, that you know, they're coming forward now and mm. and saying that w- the issues they've got and uh, that they've spoken to David said, and it's great that he can, you know, they can ring him whenever they want and yeah, that's good. speak to them. You can be anonymous or, or whatever yeah, yeah. you want, but... They're all sort of starting to say, "Oh yeah, I had a chat to him, and you know, things like this, and yeah. and it's been helping." I mean, a lot of the guys are coming out now saying, "You know, what's bothering them?" Whereas before, yeah. it never ever happened. And I think that's a good thing. That's what my podcast is similar is to try and get people speaking about it, normalising it, making it something that's you know normal. It's, it's yeah. everybody goes mm. through the same things. You speak about there back in the day. It was kind of you know get on with it harden up and toughen up as part of the job, you know, in regards to, to that side of things and work, is there one experience that really sticks with you uh, in regards to traumatic from working down at the beach? Yeah, I'd say over all the years, it'd be the body retrievals because we cover the gap also from, from Bondi with, oh. um, you know, so we get a lot of suicides off the gap. People don't know where that is at up towards South head there in the Harbor. And yeah. I suppose with that, and it sort of opened up my eyes that, yeah, you know, they don't always just because you jump off a cliff doesn't mean you always die instantly. Yeah. So you'll have multiple injuries, and there's plenty of gone up, and you know you've held them till they've died, or you know. Oh, yeah. But the thing is with that is, they all then start realizing that they're going to die, but they'll yeah. say, "Oh, can you tell my kids this, my mum yeah, this, dad this, or yeah. whatever it is?" And and I've always said too, when there's not one out of all those that said that that uh, was still alive, always said, "I regret what I just did." They all they all say they that. all say that, and um, you know it's that point where it's that split second where they they do whatever they're going to do, and um, you survive that, then yeah, obviously your mm. your mind starts playing on you again from there. Yeah, do you have training to handle with those situations? Well, back then we didn't, and and I think it, it really uh, some of the guys really struggled with it and left the job because they couldn't deal with it anymore, and. You know, even um, guys I worked with in the early 90s, you know, two I know that left the job, you know, by the late 90s, but then they committed suicide down the track. And you wonder if did yeah. some of that that they were dealing with at, at being a lifeguard, did that have something to do with it? You don't even think about that side of things. You know, when you think of lifeguard, you think I love the beach, probably have a surf yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, how good's their job? They get to sit at the beach. You look at it like that. It's like, but the fact, I didn't even know you guys covered the gap. Like that is, yeah, no, no, no. would be, su- like, yeah. that's not what you sign up for, you know, In but it's just something that you get uh, dealt with. And for the young kids coming through, I mean, now, if they're saying like that, do you try to keep those young kids away from it? And the more experienced people do it, how do you kind of bleed them into the into that side of things? Yeah, well, I mean, we try and do that, keep the experienced guys as well. But I mean, we've got to blood them in some stage. And, yeah. 
but now we've got all this in place with the, you know, uh, we work on our minds yeah. and everything. So the young kids are probably picking up better than what I, I was because I've been through it all without having that yeah. access yeah. to someone helping. So they're coming in before they've actually been involved with it and had that training. So, mm. you know, it's a lot of um, preparing that if you're a lifeguard, there's a good chance the longer you, you be there, you're going to get yeah. a body retrieval, you're going to get a resuscitation or something major is going to happen. Mm. So speaking on your own podcast, Life's a Beach, and your story, you spoke about there was a stage in your life five or six years ago now where it just kind of felt like everything was building up to this point of almost eruption. Can you talk us yeah. through that stage of your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everything sort of happened all in, in, in one hit without me realising. And I suppose I went through, I was going through a, a pretty rough marriage breakup as well. So that was the sort of start of it. I bought into a cafe for her to run the cafe. So yeah, she right. sort of, once she shot through, then I was left with a cafe trying to yeah. run that. <laughs> I was, you know, all that. And then um, at the same time, we're going through in investigations with, with work and people saying that, um, that my um, management skills and there's questions on that. Um, you know, people sending stuff to the media. So that'll end up then in the yeah. media so that it's all in the paper. So I've got the, the divorce in the paper. I've got the, the, yeah, the workplace going through uh, in, in, <laughs> you in, got that, it all. <laughs> in, in there. Um, you know, and at the same time, you're trying to um, run a lifeguard service. You're trying to um, – oh, oh, and. Uh, you're shooting an international TV show as well. Yeah. yeah. So there's a fair bit of stress there and, and outside was not going real well either. And, you know, the first thing you do is go and, um, you know, get on the drink mm -hmm. to try and get rid of it. And, and, and I found um, I'm probably lucky that I, I haven't got an addictive personality. So when I got to that point and I was drinking a, a bit, um, you know, after work you go out, you know, you're, you're single again, you say you're going nuts. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, things um, just spiral out of control, you know, and yeah. next thing you know, you the next day you're feeling shit house and yeah. you sort of, you know, and then you find that the drink though is starting to take away that pain. Mm. So then you go, and I can see now where people can, you know, where they go down the, the path oh, yeah, of alcohol or yeah. drugs or, or whatever it is, they really, you can do it so easy because it takes the pain away from what you're dealing with. and mm. But at the end of the day, it's the worst possible thing you could do. And yeah. so I was just in this... um spiraling and then the final crunch came when I thought I was at my car was at the cafe and I had to get it down to the back of the the Bondi pavilion. Yeah. Mm. So it's only about a stretch of three, four hundred meters, but I'd had a fair few to drink. Yeah. So I've decided at that time the most stupid mistake you could ever make, I'll drive it down. Yeah. Well I got halfway and got pulled over and then I got done for drink driving as well, which then just smashed me in the paper. So you're so back in the media I've, again, yeah. I've copped it again, so I Can't just win. had three, four months of just getting absolutely <laughs> belted. I remember picking up, the, there was a Sunday paper, and mum was ringing me, and then uh, I said I was, I was on a little bit on the front page, third page, and middle page, like I just got, oh, wow. just got smoked, you know. And <laughs> I thought, oh, this is rock bottom now. So um, luckily, though, I, I could try and uh, had to sit back and, and have a good think about it all. Yeah. How did yeah. you get yourself out of it? I mean- you say you are like you don't have an addictive personality. Speaking to so many people on this show, that's often the path of chosen. Yeah. Uh, alcohol, drugs, just again to mask the pain. And yeah. like you, they've all said it's great short term, but long term you, you can't do it. And I mean, even you and I, I know sometimes yeah. we, you know, 
in the past we haven't been feeling great and we'll just go out and write yourself off and that next day and that next week yeah. is dog shit, you yeah. know. From, yeah, from my experience, like what you said, I mean, it takes away the pain, but, you know, we say it takes away the pain. It doesn't really. It just delays it. You know, like it's still there. Other time, mate. Like you're like eventually you're gonna have to else. face it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're exactly. When when did it get to the point for you where you go? You know what? This isn't. This is a short term fix. I'm gonna have to do it sooner or later. Yeah, I think it was uh, the the drink driving. I think that was the one where yeah. you had to go on a court. There was a, you know the embarrassment. There was the and then the other thing too is you, you start it plays on your mind because you walk down the street. And you think everyone that looks at, you know, and you're walking past people, yeah, you they sort of glance yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, they're judging me. They're, they're all looking at me. They yeah. know what's going yeah. on. You think everybody knows what's going on, but half the time, probably none of them know what's, what's, what's even going happened, on, you know. Yeah. But in your head, you're making up all these things at what's happened, and mm. that makes it even worse. And, 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 and I was lucky, though, with that, with the not uh, uh, having an addictive personality, because I think if I did, I don't know how much. Yeah. I would have been able to come back. It would have been yeah. pretty pretty tough, I reckon, because it was tough enough as it was. And I pretty much got back into um, a lot of racing with the ocean skis. And whereas prior to that, I, I probably stopped for three years in, mm. during that, that period of that marriage, and it was quite toxic. And yeah. sort of looking back now, that's where it was going wrong. And, and also, when you get on the on the drink, nine times out of ten is when you're going to make stupid mistakes as well. And, yeah, um, yeah. Happens to everybody, you know, whether you're out abuse someone or you're yeah. getting a fight or, you know, my case was getting in the car and driving. You know, mm. It was the most stupid thing you can do. But when you're on the drink, you just do whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you're walking down the street and everything's just catastrophizing in your head. So you're thinking, he's he's looking at me because he knows that I got done drink driving. He knows that my marriage broke down. Yeah. yeah. So you think because it's been in the, in the newspaper. Yeah, you're everyone thinking knows everybody about that's it. walking around – Mm. knows it but yeah that's only in my head yeah whereas if you probably asked everybody they'd probably know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. but that's right and see people getting you know that that's what it does your head in because you start then you want to hide away you don't want to go out anywhere and then you fall in that trap of just being stuck at home mm. you know it just can really spiral out of control and how was that um you said you did a lot of um paddling racing how good was that for you to kind of have something to do build a bit of a routine to yeah. kind of get out of the house like you've got something to do? Yeah, definitely. It really got me back. I went I, – what I did, I took some leave. I went up to uh, Queensland. A mate of mine was training up there. Yeah. And that got me back in. I was away from the that sort of the eastern suburbs bubble. And, yeah, you get and stuck in it, don't you? Yeah. You're just drowning it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just get away, start training again, and then um, put a, a – aim to go to a um, – to do a race in Hong Kong at the yeah, end of right. that in, in November. So yeah. it's probably this is probably about June – yeah. So it gave me a bit of time. So that came back and I started training for that um, mm. and had the goal. And then the problem was, though, is I, I herniated my disc in about September, October in my back. Yeah, wow. Um, which was pretty tough. And then I just kept persevering with it. And I thought, mm. oh, I've, I'm going to have to still do this this race. Mm. Um, kept training. I was getting that nerve pain. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really playing on me. And then I uh, got a cortisone injection to get just to get through. Yeah. And um, ended up going over and, and just medicating myself to, to get through the race. Yeah. Probably not the smartest thing to do, but at that time it was like I thought I can't fail at, at this one. I need to do it because I think if I if I failed here, it was just one of those six to 12 months of constant failures. Yeah. yeah. But it, I got through it and did it and then that got me to the next mm. um, thing. But then I thought oh, I'm going to have to have an operation on my back. But luckily enough, the, the second uh, quarter zone – 
uh, injection that shrunk it back in, so it was it was all good. So at the end of the day, I've pushed through, did it, got through, yeah. and then my back even came good. But what I'm sort of starting to think is because it was a success, I think my back and my, my life was starting to turn around, and then my injury started to come good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was one, a- thing, one thing fell in place and then the yeah. domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. So during that time, did you have that fear that if you don't complete this race and you don't go along, that you'll fall back into that downward spiral? Yeah. It was like, oh, sort of here we go again. I've, I've you know. Done all this hard work. I mean, work. We, we fail every single, you know, that, that's what I was trying to get across in my podcast is we all fail. It's yeah, just that absolutely. We, we take it to heart. We, we take it so seriously mm. when we do fail. Mm. But that's the only way to get better is to fail in, in certain things. So mm. I just thought, okay, I've just got to bounce back keep bouncing back, don't worry about the failure. But that was sort of a, a critical one where I had a, a sort of like the pinnacle of, 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 of made it when I've gone yeah, and done yeah. that race. It's something I've built up to to try and get over all the stuff I'd been through. And, yeah, I think if I, um, if I didn't, it was a, a, a chance of you toss it all in, easy to get back on the drink yeah, and just going nuts again. And that's something that, you know, uh, uh, luckily I didn't experience, but yeah. I can see how – it's very, very easy for way. people to fall back into it. During that time, let's say before that drink driving incident where you kind of really realized the magnitude of everything going on, you spoke about the era you grew up in was man up, get on with it. Um, you know, you're a man's man, you're a lifeguard. You don't really get much more of a man's name than Bruce either. <laughs> while, while right at, did you reach out and ask for help? Or did you think, nah, fuck, I'm going to do this on my own? Yeah, nah, look, I, I, I'm probably guilty of, of not. And at, at the time when, especially when it was still all happening in, in that period, because yeah. when you're in it, you don't see as much as someone outside can really see, you know, what you, where you're heading and what you're doing wrong. Yeah. But, uh, no, I didn't really, uh, reach out that much. And, and I think it was only after the drink driving one, that's when I reached out to, uh, my mate yeah. and had a chat to him and he obviously knew what was going on, but then I probably went more into depth. And then that's what he said. He said, mate, you, you need to come up here and start training and let's get a goal of racing yeah. somewhere and and that's what um it, it really turned it around and and yeah. I found once that turned around I met my, my current wife um after all that I, you know, the job started coming good again yeah everything was everything starts coming good again you know yeah, yeah stay out of the paper helps <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave them a lot of content over that four months yeah, they would have loved you. <laughs> you should invoice them <laughs> so what advice would you give to someone who's in a in a position now who's struggling in the same mentality of you know I think I can get through this myself I'm not I don't really want to reach out to someone what would you say to them yeah, no, you you definitely got to reach out to someone. It doesn't matter how much you think you're you're in control of what you're doing, or, or yeah. you don't think it's as bad as what you're going through, and you can bring yourself out of it. You definitely, I, I've never seen anyone be able to do it themselves without speaking to someone or or getting help from someone to be able to do that. Because when you're in it, you can, like I said before, when you're in it, you think you know what you're doing and you're in control. Yeah. But someone from the outside can really see that you're yeah. not in control and you're not in the right path and yeah. it can make it um, you know, a, a lot easier when you can – but it needs to be someone that you can trust. I mean, a lot of I mean, yeah. a lot of young people won't go to their parents and things like that because I suppose the, the, the parents are so protective as well that the, the advice is probably not what yeah, they're looking yeah, yeah. for. Yeah, it's, it's really someone outside of that um, to really trust and, and, and go to. I think that's the, the best way 
for people to get that advice and move forward. So when you can truly, truly tell everything to, you know, some kids probably don't want to tell their parents they've been doing drugs or, yeah. or drinking and they don't want that judgment or that how their parents are going to react. So if you just have that mate or, you know, you could have an uncle who's a mate, bit more yeah, yeah. or an auntie, you know, someone who's a bit more relaxed about that stuff, isn't that into, unless some, you know, some people have great relationships with their parents. Yeah. It just depends, I guess. Because yeah. you've got to realise that a lot of parents out there were kids once, and, and they were probably <laughs> exactly gone through right. half the shit everyone's gone through now, you know, yeah. whether it's alcohol, drugs, you know, they've probably all done the same thing. So yeah. that's something that, um, yeah, you, you definitely got to reach out to someone. Just how low was rock bottom for you? I know you speak about that, you're turning to alcohol. Was it, what, what was a day like in your life? Were you struggling to get out of bed? Like how bad really was it? Yeah, there was days. I mean, there's days I, I, I really struggled to get out, you know, it'd be 11, 12 o'clock, um, especially... Obviously, the days I've got to go to work, I've got to make myself get up and go and do it. Mm. But the problem on the days off were like, yeah, you could be in bed till 11, 12 in the day. And then that would throw out your pattern because then you wouldn't sleep at night. Yeah. And I found when I started training again, you're up early training, you're tired, you'd fall asleep at night. The worst, I mean, the, the killer is, is when you're in that frame of mind and you're not sleeping. Yeah. I think the sleeping is the, you know, you're up till 12, 1 in the morning because you've slept in the next day and then that just, just keeps it's rotating a around. It fries, it fries your brain as well when you're not yeah. getting, you, you know, you sleep. Like yeah. You're kind of disorientated. Oh, yeah. I think it's so, so important. And it would, I mean, it affects your performance at work and stuff, but it's not just like your average job where, you know, I can come in here and maybe takes me an hour extra to edit a podcast, whereas, you know, you got lives yeah. to say, like, you can't, you can't be off in your job. Did yeah. that play on your mind of, you know, you can't be going in a four-hour sleep or you can't yeah. be going in distracted because if you miss something, it's it's yeah. pretty, it's, it's got a high magnitude of, of um, you know, negative outcome. Yeah, definitely. It was something that it was playing on my mind. And, you know, you, as you said, you can't go in and, and sort of switch off and, and be a bit tired because, you know, we make a mistake, it could cost someone their life. So, yeah, yeah we're on that, that brink of, you know, you need to be switched on 100% and that's where the sleep's really important, you know. And and back in the day, even guys today don't really even go out the nights that they're working the next day because they realise the impact it could have on someone else's life. So yeah. it's it's really turned around now with being a lifeguard and, and, and how professional it's becoming. But it's, um yeah, definitely uh, that no sleeping, drinking alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, that doesn't play uh, real good the next day. But the other thing too is now is you can also be found negligent as well. So if you've come in the next day and you've got drugs or alcohol right. in the system, someone dies, you know, you do a resuscitation on them or, or you've missed them that they're in the water, mm. you can be held liable because it becomes negligent. Yeah, right. So what was it like going from just – your average lifeguard, obviously at a, one of the most famous beaches of the world, but then to almost this overnight kind of international Bondo, it's massive. You know, Bondo is a massive TV show. What was it like just adapting to that overnight kind of success and, and being in the media all of a sudden? Yeah, it was It was probably initially was was funny because they um, they were only ever going to do an hour special as all was ever going to be, oh, Bondo really? Rescue. Yeah, so it got commissioned. I mean, I remember how it all happened was Benny Davies, um, who's the executive producer, came down. He's a local Bondi guy. He um, said to me one day, oh, just, oh, there's not much TV work on. I'll, how about I just do casual lifeguard for the summer? Yeah. So I said, I'll try out. So he tried out, got on. And we did so much that summer. He came to me at the end and said, oh, look, I think there's a TV show in what we do here. Mm. And I think I just laughed at him and said, how the hell are you? And I don't know. And anyway, I uh, said, leave it with me. He went away. 
came back and then we sat down together and worked out a, a bit of a strategy. Then he sort of put a pilot together and then off it went to different networks and pitched it. And then uh, Channel 10 picked it up and said, oh, we're just going to do an hour special because they were trying to do a, a, a bushfire one the previous year, mm. but it never uh, – there was no bushfires. Yeah. So the executives are going, well, what if there's no waves? Yeah. You know, no yeah, rescues. Yeah, yeah. And so they didn't even know. And I said, well – we know there'll be plenty of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, so that started. We got a massive resuscitation that was captured from the beginning right through to the end to where they followed to the hospital and he had ended up having a defibrillator put in. He was only 23, had a, a malfunction in his heart and that was the first resuscitation ever captured from beginning to the end around the world. Because yeah. most of the time, the time they come in, that it's half done or they're in the yeah. ambos and the way and yeah. things like that. So. Even to today, they use that in all the training all around the world for this live resuscitation and all the other stuff we've done since. That they, they, they use it for training, which has been really, really helpful around the world. But, yeah, I mean, I think after that and a whole lot of head gashes and all the nutcases that get around down at, at Bondi and <laughs> suddenly they've gone, hang on a minute, there's a TV show here. So, yeah, yeah. yeah next thing you know, it's made it into a series. Rest is history. It's just uh, we've done 16, 17 years now and – you know, over 150 countries and probably done 200 episodes and, yeah. So how did you Crazy. deal with that? Was it a big shock? Well, it, it was originally, but I suppose with when it hit overseas more so. Yeah. And because people were coming to Bondi, you know, wanting photos and mm. chasing after you on the beach and things <laughs> yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah. you, know, what, you know, what's going on? And to the point where a lot of people around the world probably thought it was just a, a, a we're actors and just yeah. a TV show, not realizing it's a real life yeah. job, you know. Yeah. And yeah. we're we're like a job a to do. Type yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's just all put together. <laughs> yeah. and we um, it was funny because you'd be there watching the water and people would go on a phone. And I said, "Well, hey, can you just give me five? I'm just watching these." And they'd blow. Some people would blow up. Because mm. man, I've yeah, come right. all the way from Europe. And I, <laughs> I want a photo. I said, "You want to make sure this person doesn't drown?" You know. Yeah. yeah. And they get the shit. Some of them. So oh, really? it's, uh yeah, because that's their, their time. And I remember yeah. people telling me from that uh, from the TV industry that you'll get that people because they've watched you on the TV and they meet you. They, they it's their time with you. Yeah, right. So it's their time. That's yeah. the, that's the uh, they deserve it. it. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, and you would but, get some. Yeah, and it, but it's funny though that when when we um, people were coming up, it, it was like they come to me and go, "Oh, you're exactly the same as on TV." I said, well, obviously, I'm playing yeah, myself, you know. Like, <laughs> I hope I am. <laughs> but but well, they um, – and I didn't realise at the beginning. We all didn't realise. And and that's when, um, you know, Osha, who does the voiceover, said uh, what it is is people watch TV shows and they're actors. They're playing a role. Yeah. And that's the personality you think that they are. Mm. And when you meet them, it's totally opposite. They yeah. could be yeah. a total opposite personality. And people get disappointed that – they want yeah, the personality yeah, yeah. that's on the TV. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah but some... it was a, a weird, weird one. And I mean, look, over the years, some guys get a bit of an ego and, and you know, mm. but down at Bondi, you, you cut down pretty quick if you start yeah. thinking you're bigger than, yeah. than anyone else. You've so. made, you've made the cut a couple of times, Paddy, haven't you? Bondi Rescue. Yeah, I don't think I, I have. I don't think I have. No. Maybe no? once off. Um... Wash up on the rocks with your ration <laughs> clothes. With <laughs> 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 me, uh, my water shoes yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I do remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> what was that story of that fake that bloke faked a shark attack? Oh yeah, that was a, that was a classic. The he came down. They found him in the morning down um, at the south end. He had yeah. all these big gashing and everything off his arm. And they said, "What happened, you mate?" And he goes, "Oh, I got attacked by a shark." He said, "I went in the on the corner here, and it came up and grabbed me early this morning." 
And then so they're treating it like, <laughs> it's like a, it wasn't like an actual yeah. bite. It was just like a sort of slash. Yeah. Anyway, there's 50-50. Some guys were saying, yeah, it's a shark attack. And some were going, oh, I don't know. People and, wanted the story yeah. probably. He was going, so, yeah, I got the shark in the headlock. Made him tap out. <laughs> we're talking about going to your head. What happened is the yeah. media came down. He's doing all these interviews. Oh, really? Right? On, on TV and the newspapers running it. it and everything. And then what he forgot about, he was on the wanted list. So as soon as the police saw it all come up, they go, oh, that's the bloke we're after. No way. They went down and arrested him. He's doing all the armed robberies all around the, the eastern suburbs. So, oh, he, so he, he was smashed, probably trying to get a quid for the, for the yeah, media yeah, yeah, interviews yeah. or something. He smashed the window to get in and cut his arm and then put himself all through the media and then got himself arrested because they recognised him. That's mad. <laughs> that's all time, eh? What a kook. Far But out. the best is Bonner Rescue thought it was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put him up overnight at places and yeah, no yeah, just looking after did you get, him. Did you get the story on it? Like, did you get the story on it? Well, like, were you allowed, allowed to use the story? Yeah, they, yeah, they used. I remember watching it. Yeah, they used oh, the really? story, but the best was it. It was even better for the for the show because yeah. it's all this lead up of shark attack and story, yeah. and yeah. then the ending was just you couldn't script it well <laughs> enough. You know, this <laughs> place giving, yeah, himself, yeah. <laughs> giving himself up on national TV. You know? <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> so, what advice would you give? Uh, you've spoken about speaking out. You've spoken about physical activity. Three tips for someone going through a tough time. Oh, look, definitely number one is is um, reach out to someone. Um, also, take that step back and and really analyse what the position you're in because I think a lot of people just keep going forward and, and, and trying to sort things out themselves, but just take that step back and and probably um, start learning about the trigger points, things that, that trigger you to, when you get into those positions because sometimes you end up in them a few times Yeah, and you think, oh, shit, I'm, I'm in the bloody same spot again. So maybe just try and work out what those those triggers are, or or see someone that's in that space that that can identify those triggers for you, and, and yeah. I think that'll help a lot. We want a, a, a Instagram story out with a few questions, a few fan questions. We've got one. Any close shark encounters? Mm. Actually, I got one not long ago. As I was saying, I was doing ocean paddling. You know, so we do a lot of downwinders. So you'll start like twenty k. It's like we'll go from you could go from Manly to Palm Beach. You could go from yeah. you know, Malabar to Bondi, or whatever it is. Anyway, I was doing one up the northern beaches with those guys, and I was probably coming through a past um, Avalon. I just took off on the run, and you can get up to like twenty k an hour on when you take off on the on the runs. And I just took off, and the sharks I saw it pop up, came across right in front of me, and I was committed to the run, so I couldn't. And these things are pretty tippy, the surf skis. So. Yeah. I kept going. It didn't move. It came straight across me. I just ran straight to the side of it, and it went under, and then it just went nuts underneath the ski. So you're shaking flapping, and, and I'm trying to hold on to the oh, sit upright, oh, and mate. then it just went straight, and then it disappeared, and, and I thought, oh. But that's the worst when it disappears because yeah, you don't know it's going to come back yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty full on. It was, uh, I bet you would have got up to about 30Ks. Off. Yeah, I was, I was going pretty tight. Yeah. The heart rate was going. I was going to yeah. – some speed came yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that around Mullawar, did you say? No, that no. was out of um, Avalon. Yeah, okay, uh, But right. there was another time years ago where um, we were coming back from uh, Coogee. One popped up and stayed about 50 metres away but kept the same pace. And that was sort of a bit scary, but then it was worse when it disappeared because you don't know whether it's going to come yeah. up underneath or mm. round or anything like that. But, yeah, there's been plenty of uh, – uh, on the lifeguard side of it, I remember one winter years ago in the 90s, 
One came in, it must have been sick, and it came right in and around mm. the sandbanks in the rips and right just cruising through the bay. Yeah. And people were running out in the sandbank to have a look at it, like knee depth, and it's just cruising around. And I'm thinking, when we first looked, I thought, oh, this is, I'm going to see my first you know, yeah. live shark attack here. Yeah. This thing's coming yeah. straight in. Finn, you can see it coming along straight to the sandbank, all these people are. Oh. And I'm going, oh, this is going to be it. And I just did a little detour around the bank. And then back out North Bondi, and then off to the towards South Head up the harbour. But it was found dead up, you know, about probably a few hours later. So it must have been pretty sick just coming in along the, along yeah, the right. coastline. But at yeah, the right. time, I thought it's going to take someone. So <laughs> that one yeah. in Malabar the, a few months ago was next level. Yeah, that was like yeah. I knew. I knew someone that was there. The I fisherman. Yeah, yeah, one of the fishermen. He wasn't the one I was taking the video, but. Yeah, he's, he just said it was nothing like he's ever seen before. Yeah. He was just going, you just felt honestly helpless. Like you, you couldn't do anything, but he was screaming, help, screaming yeah. out for help and you couldn't yeah. do it. Like, yeah. what are you going to go in there, jump yeah. in there, wrestle him? Yeah, there's not much you can do, is there? Yeah. yeah. But the thing as well, he was just going, like, mate, just, you, like, you can't be, oh, I don't know, it's weird. Like, you can't be feeling that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, it was, and the fact that it, I reckon within five minutes, Hundred thousand people have seen that video. Yeah, five oh, minutes yeah. of the it just got yeah. sent around. Yeah. Like, but that it's so, like I, I mean, the poor bloke's family. You know yeah, I, mean? I yeah. know, right? And like yeah. having to be able to say that and having yeah. that like there on your phone. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't get it out of my. I yeah, can't get it out of tough. my head. Imagine mate, it was yeah. a family member yeah. and mate. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Mm. All right. Did you always want to be a lifeguard growing up? Yeah, no, not really. I, I suppose I, it was funny. I left. Um, I left school and went and worked at um, radio station at 2GB. Yeah. And I ended up getting on with the, the back then was Greg Hartley and Peter Peters. I don't know if you guys are probably a bit young for that, but they were- uh, Greg yeah, Hartley was a, a, was a, <laughs> he was a referee back in the day, like late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And then they went into um, uh, broadcasting. And yeah, I got to work with them for a, three, four years. And so my aim was to go into something like that. and But then I-, I was so competitive. I, I wanted to do the racing, and there was a, the Ironman series at the time. And I thought, oh, I'll go do that. And then I couldn't because there was a lot of weekend work with the football. And yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. oh, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go and do some racing. So then I thought, one of the guys down the beach said, "Why don't you just come and be a lifeguard? Because then you can, you know, keep doing your training, you get paid, yeah. and mm. you can race and, and and do all that sort of stuff." So I thought, oh, I'll, you know, I'll go do that for five years. And because at that time it was. Um, after five years, you became a senior lifeguard, and I thought, oh, I'll just do it, get yeah. the senior lifeguard, go yeah. off, do something else. If I want to come back, I'll, you know, I'm going to be a senior yeah, lifeguard. Yeah, yeah, And, um, yeah, but I'm still there 30 years later. I haven't left. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to Portugal towards the end of the year? Yeah, October. That? I got made the um, the team in the uh, the Australian team for the, the over 50s. It was, uh Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. It was, uh, so they've taken, like, they take the Opens, and then every age group, they take about three or four people and then uh, go over there and race in Portugal and should be a lot of fun. Big downwinders over there, so a lot of wind yeah. and swell and so it should be fun. Hopefully no sharks. I hope no sharks <laughs> over there, mate. Yeah, we might be seeing Mr. Italy over here, eh? Over in England. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. We'll, we'll What's see his what face? Yeah. <laughs> My hamstring doesn't snap again. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hoppo. Uh, before we let you go, if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram or follow your podcast, yeah. what are the handles? Oh, the, mine is uh, Lifeguard Hopper Official uh, on Instagram, and yep. uh, it's Life's a Beach AU is the uh, handle for Life's a Beach podcast. Beautiful. 
All right, mate. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for being so vulnerable. I mean, you're a public figure. You're very well known, as you know, on the Bondi Rescue Show and everything like that. And to see someone like you, you know, a man's man down the beach and whatnot, speaking about that, I mean, I don't know if you know it or not. I hope you do. You're inspiring yeah, a lot yeah. of people, and, and it's a credit to you. So thank you, and, and continue all your great work, and no. good luck over in Portugal. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure being here. And yeah, I'm, and, and just a, a last message, of, yeah, everyone out there, just... Speak about it. It's uh, normal. It's a normal thing. Yeah, we all go through the tough times. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, bro. Cheers. Turn up the talk podcast. Tackling mental health together.